I should say uh, young child, and then we have a baby dedication. So I want all the family come on up. See if she'll let me hold her. We have godparents, we have grandparents, we have people that are just here because they're going to lunch after. No, I'm not kidding. We'll stay down here because you're your dad. We'll stay down. Here. Yeah. Let's have you line up. Come this way. Okay. So I'm going to try. I'm going to have Michelle hold these. Where's Bradley? I'm gonna give Bradley this too. Okay, I'm gonna try to trade you Bibles for them. Oh. Hi. Okay, we have Nathan. Oh, there we go. Nathan, he's three. Presley. She's 11 months. She did let me hold her earlier, so I'm hoping that she doesn't see mom. Okay, let me grab mine. Yeah. Bradley and, in fact, would you introduce everybody up here? If you don't mind, Bradley? Okay, Erica will. <laughs> I am Erica, I am mom to Presley and Nathan. Uh, this is my husband, Bradley. This is Nathan's godmother, Tiffany, Nathan's godfather, Matthew, Presley's godfather, Dominic, my father-in-law, Clifford, my father, David, my mother, Michelle. She's hiding. And Presley's godmother, Jessica. Okay. Back here. And I remember Matthew because our first December here, we had a lady fall down the steps. And being a paramedic at the time, jumped into action we didn't even know what went on, so good to see you. All right, so I want to read, you know, the reason that we do a uh, child, I want, this is the little baby, right? We don't say that. The reason we do that is in 1 Samuel, Hannah prayed, she couldn't have a child, and she prayed for a child. The Lord honored that, but in her prayer was, she would lend him back, she specifically prayed for a boy, she would lend him back to the Lord. That's exactly what she she ended up doing, took him to the house of God, gave him to Eli, and again, that's the prophet Samuel. So part of this is we come and we remember as children, um, though we raise them, and the Bible talks about it, that we're to teach and train them in the ways of the Lord, but we remember we're dedicating uh, them to the Lord. And for uh, Bradley and Erica, Psalm 127, 3 and 4, says, Behold, children are a heritage of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. And like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are children's of one youth. And so you have two little arrows. 
that you get to direct. And we're going to even pray today the Lord directs uh, you exactly to know their hearts and their spirits. In Luke chapter 2, verse 52, the Bible says that Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. That's one of our prayers today is that both of these, Nathan and Presley, will increase in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So I looked up Nathan. I looked up your name. I, I did. I looked it up. Do you know what your name means? It's actually a, a Hebrew name, and it means he has given. Talking about God has given, and it means gift from God. So when Grandpa says something sometime, just remind him that you're a gift from God. Right? <laughs> All right. And Presley, what's, in, what's interesting is, if you look up her name, which you probably know, it, it diverts first to Elvis Presley. But it has an interesting meaning. It means a priest's meadow. Or it was that quiet, peaceful place that a priest could look out upon and it would be rest. So that's a great. Okay, so one of the things I love to do before we pray, and she is just precious letting me hold her, is we're going to sing Jesus Loves Me, This I Know. We're all going to sing it together, choir. Are we ready? Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so, little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so. Would all of you put your right hand towards uh, these two kids? In the, in the Bible, the right hand is the hand of blessing. So Father, we thank you over Nathan and Presley. Lord, we thank you for the blessing of the Lord over them. We thank you. Psalm 91 says that you have commanded your angels to protect them. And so, Father, I thank you, even at a young, young age, they have a heart to serve you and to follow you. And, Lord, we pray over them out of numbers, and now may the Lord bless you and keep you. And may the Lord make his face shine upon you, and may the Lord give you peace. Lord, for Bradley and Erica, we thank you, Lord, that you teach and show them the ways that their children go. They are blessed, and we thank you for the strength that you give parents in these days. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give them a big hand. Did you say amen? All right, Nathan, I'm going to give you this little Bible. You want to hold on to this? Can you read it by this afternoon? All right. And I'm going to give your dad your Bible, okay? I'm going to give him your Bible. Okay, and you can read it in a couple of minutes. All right, give these guys a big, big hand. You want to stay with me? You want to stay with me? All right. Maybe not. <laughs> precious, huh? So precious. All right, bless you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. We got Matthew. Yeah, we'll get there. Thank you. 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 Th
you as a family. Awesome. All right, well, uh, welcome, welcome to everybody. Let me grab my Bible that I left down here. Couple things, fact, we'll give you uh, our food outreach uh, yesterday. We do it on the second and fourth uh, Saturday of the month. Stephen, let me know right um, in the middle of service that of those that come and then indicate how many it's feeding, there was about 430 people that will be fed from yesterday. Uh, we had a, a testimony, had a few, but we had a testimony of a lady with migraines that was healed in line. So great, great testimony. So we're back on the 23rd. If you'd like to come out and serve, we're actually going to have some fun things for the kids uh, that are there on the 23rd. Somebody said yesterday, you guys are going to be there on the 23rd? We'll be there on the 23rd. So come on out on the 23rd. Okay, next Sunday is Ugly Christmas Sweater Sunday. Look at your neighbor and say, not the ugly sweater you're wearing today. No, don't tell them that. That's kind of rude. Uh, but you can find them almost anywhere. You probably have one from, and we do have some prizes uh, for those that have uh, the ugly sweater. And we will have, so uh, Christmas Eve, the 24th, service at 10. We'll have our friend Jonathan Martinez that'll be here that he does hot cocoa station. He's got acai, I know it's on acai bowls and all of that. And then we are here the 31st, New Year's Eve at 10 o'clock. All right, let me read uh, just three verses for our tithes and offerings today out of Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21. And these are Jesus's words. And Jesus says this, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So Jesus mentions those words, right? Our, our reflection, our life should reflect him in his kingdom. So as we do each and every week, I'm going to put a prayer up on the screen. Would you pray this along with me, but pray it as if you're the only one here and you're praying it to your Father God. Let's pray this together. As I give in today's offering, I recognize that my life is not about the things I have or the things I desire. This will never satisfy. My life finds meaning and satisfaction in serving Jesus as my Lord and staying focused on his eternal kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. If you're giving today, there is an envelope in the seat back pocket. And on your way out today, you can place that in the offering slot in the wall by the sound booth. You can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org, and you can download uh, today's message. You can give online. We have our P.O. box that's on there as well, too. Download the notes because I'm not going to get through all 27 pages today. Uh, unless some of you don't have anything. No, I wouldn't do that. All right. So if you have your Bibles, if you have your, your phone, a tablet with you, uh, open with me to Luke chapter 1. And I want to read a few verses. And the four words that I pray that you remember today. Look at Sammy say, that's easy, right? I can remember four things. Is we're going to see when the angels talk with Zechariah. They talk with Mary. Joseph has it in a dream. And the shepherds hear it from 
uh, the angels, they all say the same four words. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. So I want to read this, Luke chapter 1, and I'm going to start in verse 5. I'm going to read a little bit just so that we get the whole snapshot and you can follow along on the screen as well. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abjanah. His wife was the daughter and one of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they both were righteous before God, walking in the way of the commandments and ordinance of the Lord, blameless. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be Afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and you will call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go out before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and to the disobedience to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. Guys, remember that, right? You don't say your wife is old like you. You just say well advanced, right? Well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and to bring you glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. But when he came out, he could not speak to them, and they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned to them and remained speechless. So it was as soon as the days of his service were completed that he departed to his own house. Now after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and she hid herself five months saying, thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. Now in the sixth month, the angel of Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin, betrothed 
to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now her sixth month, for her who was called barren. Here's what the angel says in verse 37. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Let's all say that together. Ready? For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So, Lord, as we read your words today, Lord, we always pray that um, as we look into your scriptures, that your scripture looks into our hearts, adjusts our thinking, that our minds are renewed on you, that we get back to remember that an angel announced there is nothing impossible for God. And we bless you today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Extreme detail that God uses, doesn't he? In fact, last week we looked at uh, Isaiah 7, 14, that Isaiah prophesied somewhere between 740 B.C. to 760 B.C., before Christ. He prophesied that there would be a virgin birth and his name would be Emmanuel, God with us. He prophesied later in chapter 9 about all the different names. Well, now we know in Ephesians it says this was the fullness of time. But I want to look at, um, we probably won't get to the shepherds today, but I want to look at, at least look at Zacharias for just a minute, Mary, and then Joseph. But I asked myself a few questions. I think they're good for us today. What is God asking you to do for him? What is God asking you to believe of him? Because Zacharias was praying that he'd have a child. They were praying that. Now, he didn't know it was going to be John the Baptist. But God knew. But he was praying. Now, Mary's not praying for a child to be uh, pregnant as a virgin. That's not her prayer, right? Lord, you know, Michelle, this was probably four years ago. Let me know she thought she was pregnant. And I'm thinking, what? Are you sure? I think I'm going to go do a pregnancy test. And then, you know, I laughed a little bit. I thought it was funny. And then all of a sudden it hit me. 
back into diapers, car seats, right? Form, you know, the whole the up all night. The, you know, you start thinking of those type of things. Well, she wasn't, right? But it was that moment of, oh, wow. But Mary's not praying that. Mary's betrothed, which is not just an engagement. It's like a legal binding. They're, they're betrothed. They are going to get married. It's not you can just take the ring off and hand it back and they're done. She's betrothed. She's probably excited about her life. She's betrothed to Joseph. They're going to build a life together. And all of a sudden, those disruptions come in. We'll look at Joseph that, uh, man, he's thinking about all these things. He's trying to think, how do I like put her away so nobody knows? And yet an angel's going to come to him in a dream. But what is God asking you to do? What's he asking you to believe for? You know, we read in here, I don't know why people think of angels as like little fat babies that are playing like a violin or a harp. Angels scare people. There's one in the book of Numbers that an angel killed 185,000 people. So when angels appear on the scene, like people are, they're like scared, they're worried, they don't know what's going on. But we know this, that um, we should never be afraid of God's plans for our life. Because many of us think if I submit to God's plans, he's going to send me to the scariest country in the world, right? Send me out, out there. He's going to tell me to stop doing something I really enjoy doing. Isn't that funny how we think about those things? And yet God wants to use people at all different stages to fulfill his plan. He could completely do it without us. It'd actually be a lot easier if he didn't use us. But he decides he is going to use us. So I come back to it's God's purpose versus my plan. I'm going to fall on his purposes. So when we read this about Zacharias, it's amazing that what he's afraid about is all the things that are said. He's not able to compute it in his mind what's taking place. But the angel understands that he should not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And what's powerful was that his prayer was heard by God, which the Bible teaches us that, that God hears the prayers that we pray to him. God hears, but God has a plan. I love when we read that, we read about, it's not just you're going to name him John. And I said this to my, my son-in-law and daughter. My daughter's pregnant. She's going to be due in, in June, so we'll be grandparents. So I, I initially said after they told us, if it's a boy, Walter is a really great name. And they did exactly what you did. They laughed at me, right? There was no like, you know, yeah, it's on the board, like, you know, number five maybe. Uh, and, and usually, right, when I, when I say that to a couple of you, yeah, that's not a name. Well, it's interesting. There's the name John, and it's powerful what John is going to do for the Lord. Do you know that Jesus said that the greatest prophet that ever lived was John the Baptist? And yet this couple prayed for that very one. I love when I read about Mary because Mary's young. They estimate, you know, Bible scholars say 14 to 16. And now all of a sudden, again, we talk about she's betrothed. They have this year-long, like, plan before she has the official wedding. And now she's pregnant. The angel's telling her all about this. And I thought about this. Life is going so good spiritually. She's above reproach. She has favor with God. Uh, this marriage, 
But how can this be, she said. I've not been with a man. How, how can this be? And that's when the angel tells her of the Holy Spirit. Here's what I learned from Mary. I'm going to make sure that I always submit to God's plans. And that, here's the next one. It's one thing to submit, but I've got to be obedient. I've got to be obedient to what he says. But the overarching word that I have to do is I have to surrender to what he says is about to happen. Mary has no idea about what's going to happen in her life. Nobody plans to have their baby born in a, a, a cave somewhere where it smells like animals. Then we have to run to Egypt. Then we come back and settle. And then what's he going to do? He's five and doesn't do anything, right? How are we going to know? Are we going to have dinner one night? We're not going to have enough and he's going to multiply and feed the whole family? Jesus has brothers and sisters. And yet we know that after Jesus was baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit, we know that before he turned the water to wine, Mary knew it was his time. She knew. But she had already surrendered to God's plans. You know, Mary is thinking of this. This is like impossible stuff, right? You know, we, we do. We see in the news these ladies that have babies and they're like, I delivered a baby. I didn't even know I was pregnant. It's like, come on, right? Come on. Did you just think you ate too much, you know, the night before? It's like, you know, come on. So I was thinking about something impossible. So I get asked this all the time. Um, do you play golf? And, uh, and that's like, a, well, um, I haven't played in probably 12 years. And I have clubs. Anybody have? You have clubs, you just haven't played. That would be like me going out and winning uh, one of the big, like the Masters, right? I have no experience. I get out there, I got to figure out what club to use, and I win. Uh, that'd be impossible to do that. Mary's looking at, at this and thinking for a minute, this is going to be impossible. And yet the angel's the one that's going to remind her that for with God, nothing. I like when Gabriel, Gabriel's our messenger angel that we read about in the scripture. I like what he says to Zechariah. And we don't probably get the good tone in the scripture, except I like to think him saying, do you know that I stand in the very presence of God and you're going to doubt what he says? That's like his thing. I think that's good for us to hear. Do you know that when we read these things that there's angels that stand in the very presence of God that probably look at us and go, what's going on with Walter? He's got to get this thing figured out. What's why isn't he believing these things? For with God, nothing is impossible. So we read just, let me read just for a minute here about uh, Joseph. And we read about him in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. And it says this fact, Matthew picks it up right here and says, now, in the, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make a, her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. To take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name 
Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son. You shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took him his wife. And he did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. When we read about Joseph, he's probably thinking a whole different way. My life's in a free fall. Society with Mary, what should I do? Should I go put her away so nobody sees her until the child is born? Or should I, I do what like the Old Testament says and bring her out and make her a public spectacle? Obviously, he's thinking about all of these type of things until an angel tells him to not be afraid of God's plan. You know, and I thought about this. Um, we might call these things life-altering interruptions, but to God, it's an invitation to serve him. Joseph has a life-altering invitation, but he does it and he serves the Lord. Mary... Life-altering serves the Lord. Zacharias and Elizabeth, old in years, altering situation, but they serve the Lord. And the ones we won't look at, in fact, I mentioned it right after our worship song, we're the shepherds, and you can look at it, at it later. Very different scenario other than Jesus is born, and yet the angels are reminding them to not be afraid but these shepherds want to run and they want to see this child that they just heard about by angels. So when we think about things that God does, God always finds us at very different situations. He finds Moses and he uses a bush that doesn't burn. And Moses, we know, he's 80 years old. He's on the backside of the desert. He's probably enjoying retirement. He's got his herds. And all of a sudden, it seems now he's thrust into God's plan. God used a big fish to get a hold of Jonah because Jonah didn't want to do what God said to do. And God needed him to do what God said to do. In fact, I, I love when I read a little bit about Jonah. It really seems like his entire message to the people of Nineveh was seven, seven or eight words. That's all it was, right? And they repented. We read about in the scriptures, Saul, who would later become Paul, that God would use a bright light to get his attention. And so God does things in different times to get our attention, but it's an invitation to us to do exactly what Mary did, that I'll submit to his plan, I'll be obedient to what he says to do, and I'll surrender my life to serve him. You can be a school teacher, you can be a paramedic, you can be a businessman, all of those type of things, and you can surrender your life to serve the Lord exactly in right where you are. But it's that invitation, and it's like the shepherds. Am I watching? Am I alert? Am I awake? Am I paying attention? Am I listening to what the Lord says? Then if that's the case, I need to remember the extreme detail that God does to speak to his people. Bow your heads if you would with me, and I want to throw out just a couple phrases here and we'll, we'll close with a, with a song today. I want to remember this phrase for all of us, what uh, the angel said 
to Mary that nothing is impossible. The other thing we see is the work and the power of the Holy Spirit, always active in all of these situations. But the most important part that we see is all of this was orchestrated and planned even before the foundations of the world so that Jesus could be in our life. That Jesus is the one that we would receive. But the question then is, will I accept him and will I live for him? What an orchestration God does to give us that opportunity to present ourselves to him. Will I accept what he says and will I accept him? I'd like everyone, if, if you're here today and you have your head bowed and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, or maybe this is an opportunity today that you're going to come back to him. You're going to make things right with him. You're going to come to him. I'm going to encourage you to pray this prayer after me, but pray it from your heart to your Father God. In fact, we're all going to pray this together. Let's pray this. Ready? Pray this with me. Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I open the door of my heart and I choose to make you the Lord of my life. Fill me today with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Father, uh, we thank you for the opportunity to receive you. Lord, we're all in different uh, places and circumstances, but we submit to you. We're obedient to your will, and we surrender our lives to serve you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. At the end of service, if you prayed that prayer, maybe for the first time, or an opportunity that you said, I'm, I'm going to return to him today, we'd love to pray with you at the end of service. But stand with me if you would, we're going to close with this song. You know, um, I have a word real quick. The word God gave that these miracles will take place in this church can only happen if we come expecting them. We need to come to church every day expecting God to do something. And prayer by faith is this. Though I can't see with my eyes, I thank you, Lord, for the limbs growing at Hills Church. I thank you, Lord, for the heart that is being healed. I thank you, God, for the word of confirmation that's going to be coming. But if we don't come with that expectation, you come and say, well, nothing happened. Well, that's not faith. Pray as though it's already happening, God says. Amen.
So this week, I want you to remember two words, interruption or invitation. As things come across your path this week, is it an interruption or an invitation by the Lord? So I quickly looked up the definition of the two. An interruption is something that causes a stoppage or a break in the continuity of something. Usually is a negative, like, darn it, an interruption. An invitation is a written or spoken request to come somewhere or do something, or the act of inviting someone to something that could cause something else to happen that could cause someone to do something. That's an invitation. So I don't know if you find yourself today perplexed. Are you in the middle of an interruption or an invitation? Has the Lord interrupted your life to stop it from going and doing something to invite you to do something else? To bring other people along and to make a life-altering difference. Today is the day. Jesus was the invitation to Mary's life. But through her became the invitation for you. I would like to propose today that Jesus not only wants to interrupt your life, he wants to invite you to the best life possible and ask you to partner with him to make a life-altering difference in the lives of people around you. Because he not only loves you that much, he loves other people that much too. And he wants to use you. Will you let him use you this, this holiday season? Make a difference wherever you go. See wherever you go as a divine invitation to invite people to Jesus. Wherever you go, it's time. It's the best season. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And he wants to use you. Not just Mary. He wants to use you. Amen? Well, we would like to invite you. If you need prayer, please come forward. We would love to pray with you. We have a prayer team that will be down here to lay hands on and pray for you. Don't forget your ugly sweater next Sunday. There are prizes. God bless you and have a great week.